This is episode 232 of the Fearless Launching Show. Today's guest is Marisa Murgatroyd, the founder of Live Your Message and creator of the Experience Product Masterclass, where she helps people who teach online programs get better results for their students faster. Who doesn't want that? Okay, Marisa launched her career as an artist who built a mid-seven-figure online business despite being told she had no marketable skills. I just love that show me, you know, I'll show you kind of attitude and and success. That is amazing. But since then, Marisa has shown over 5,000 students how to succeed online. And she's here today to share some of those secrets with us and specifically how to build courses and online education experiences that truly transform people and get them the results that you're hoping that you can get, that they can get from the thing that you've created. So let's dive in. I just know you're going to love Marisa. We had a great conversation. And yeah, I cannot wait for you to get to know her. So let's get started. Hi, I'm Ann Samoylov, and I've helped some of the biggest online entrepreneurs and business owners have successful six and seven figure product launches by working in the trenches offline to produce movies, TV shows, video games. I've discovered so many different ways to launch creative ideas. And the question is, do you have to copy what your guru says in order to have a successful launch? Do you have to use their done-for-you system in order to have success, in order to achieve your goals in business? I say no. This is the Fearless Launching Show featuring myself and an ongoing cast of characters, friends who join me in discussing business, launching, life, and balancing it all and having an amazing time doing it. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome, Marisa. I am so excited to have you on the podcast. And like I kind of said, I always like to, I don't know, I always mention things that are happening off camera kind of, but I was like, finally, because it feels like once I started really digging into who you are and what you do, I was like, why haven't we spoken yet? Why haven't I just gotten to know this person? Um, I just feel like we have a lot that we can talk about today. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. And it sounds like we are absolutely aligned in helping people launch their big you know, mission and vision and goals into the world and change people's lives that way. Yeah, I, I really, yeah, I am. I was actually just recording um, some, you know, straight to camera things for for an upcoming program today and I just I just was reminded of that feeling of really helping people and really helping people get clear on what it is that they're actually putting out there but like keeping them excited keeping their passion and their ideas alive too so I I think this is going to be a great conversation today um before we jump into kind of like the meat of our conversation, I would I would love it if you would just share a little bit about yourself and your business. I always hate to say what you do, but like like what what drives you in the world and what drives you in your business? Yeah, that's a great question. So I um, really actually am driven by helping people get what they want. So Zig Ziglar famously said that you can have everything you want in life if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. And I feel like so often people are teaching and learning about business from the standpoint of what I want to deliver or offer or sell versus what 
my students, my clients and customers really want to receive. And I think it's really game changing when you look at how do you help other people get what they want through you. And so what happened is many, many years ago, I um, you know started creating my first products and programs and courses, I would say back in maybe t- 2012 or 2013. And I noticed that a lot of people weren't completing them. They weren't finishing them. They weren't engaging. They weren't getting their results. And I remember going to a colleague and asking her if this was normal. And what she said next just changed my life. She said, Marisa, maybe some people aren't meant to succeed. And it oh. felt like a punch in the gut because that does not go, doesn't align with my belief system because I believe that everybody is meant to succeed given the right training, the right support, the right opportunities, the right environment. But when I looked at the numbers, it's well known that in the online training, online education world, that 97% of people who sign up for courses and programs don't finish them and get the results. And that's kind of shocking. And so from that moment, I set about on a quest to really reinvent online education around the world so engagement and results become the norm and not the exception. And I started dabbling and experimenting in what I could do differently, how I could get way more people across the finish line to mission accomplished. And then things really changed in the summer of 2016. I saw this video of um, grown adults basically double parking their car uh, alongside of Central Park running out to catch these little virtual creatures on their cell phones. It was Pokemon Go. (laughs) And it was a stampede of people running through the streets trying to catch these Pokemons like through Central Park. Hundreds, thousands of people. And it was absolute mayhem. And I saw that. And I had this insight, this vision for what could be possible. And I thought, well, what if it were possible to get people that excited that they're literally double parking their cars and running through the streets, but not to catch little virtual creatures, but instead to achieve their greatest goals in life and overcome their biggest challenges. What could the world be if that were the case? And from that point on, I was just highly motivated to create super sticky, almost addictive programs where you're using our, our psychology of motivation and gamification and the same thing, you know, Facebook and Instagram and all these cell phone apps are using, but you're using them not to get people hooked on, you know, spending hours and hours wasting their time, but to really instead get people hooked on achieving their own goals in life, really supporting them and getting what they want. So that's really what my focal point is, is, you know, um, leveraging our own biology, our own psychology, you know, the peculiar ways in which we work as humans, but leveraging that to help us get what we want. Oh, man, I love that. I was just like, oh, man, I because I have an 11 year old, so I know Pokemon Go well. And there was definitely a period of time when I was chasing down Pokemon with my daughter. But I I really just love that. Um, you know, a few things I have a question. Um, I already have a question for you based on that, because I always I, I often think about this as well. Like, how do we keep people going through? Because now we have so many tools where it's actually easier to see. Are people even opening the emails? Are people watching the content? How far are they watching the content? You know, we have all these tools at our disposal so we can see that. And you're right. Like, I, I mean, sometimes I'm like, wow, you bought this program and you didn't even log in. I can actually see that you didn't even log in. And so then I, I of course, take that upon myself because I'm like, what could I do differently? And, um, you know, I know there's got to be a better way to do this, Marisa, but I was seriously 
in a phase where I was like, maybe I just have to, like I did the, for the beta, the two rounds of this beta that I did, I like did two completely live rounds, like not even just the coaching, the training was live because I knew that that would give them a reason to show up because I was live, but I'm like, I can't just do this forever like this. There's got to be a better way. And so I love the gamification aspect of this. I can't wait to ask you more about that. Um, So yeah, no. So I love that. I love that. And I do think you're right. I think that, you know, as you were explaining that too, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, what are some of those early things that you did, you know, to experiment with? Because I'm sure you did a lot of little experiments and, you know, research and trying to figure out what was working and what wasn't. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd love to share more of the fully fledged, evolved concepts rather than my early experiments. <laughs> yes, of course, like, of course. Yeah. You don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love to save you some of the years of trial and error that I spent. <laughs> Please do. Please past, do. Right? Please do. Yeah, so what I ultimately discovered is uh, um, basically that there are 10 core principles that when you stack them together, 10 core experiences, you create something I call experience escalation, which is the feeling of unstoppable momentum that virtually propels someone from accepting the mission, i.e. buying your product, all the way through to crossing the finish line, which is the mission accomplished, the after state, achieving that after state. And when you put these together, you really can draw people through at a just much higher level, about 10 to 30 times the industry standard. So the industry standard is 3% success. And I see anything from 30 to 90%, you know, completion and results using this kind of methodology instead. And that's, um, and there's conversely 10 things that you want to avoid, which are kind of the opposite principles that are very present in most online courses and programs, almost by default, if you don't want to create what I call the downward death spiral. And this is where a very small series of kind of negative experiences that were never intended by the product creator stack up to create overwhelm, frustration, annoyance, and people get stuck, they stop, they walk away, they refund, and they don't continue to engage. For sure. I mean, everything you're saying, I'm like shaking my head. So I'm hoping you're going to share some of both, like a few of of the, you know, the core experiences we need. And I love that experience escalation. I'm like, I accept the mission. Let's go, Marisa. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, for sure. Absolutely. And well, let's start up with the mission. Okay. So that's the very first principle. The first principle is mission. And it's going to sound self-evident, but then nobody does it. Not nobody, but very few people do it. So it's really important to structure your program around what I call a mission. This is not your personal mission, what you're here to do in the world, but it's the mission that people are saying yes to through your product. So in other words, what does your product allow them to do, be, feel, overcome, or achieve? So I teach a template. I call it the mission possible template. And you may recognize this template. (laughs) It goes like this. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is blank. And you'll see a lot of people using this template now because I learned it from me. Right? So your mission, <laughs> should you choose to accept it, is to design, market, and make $2,000 or a whole lot more from an experience product in 10 weeks or less. That is the mission of our signature experience product masterclass where we teach people how to do that. And instantaneously, our students know what they're going to be doing, how long it's going to take them, and how to know with no uh, with crystal clarity, with no doubt, no uncertainty, exactly when they've achieved the goal. 
And it's got to be so clear. It's almost binary. It's either I've done it or I haven't done it. And you could Mm -hmm. film someone crossing the finish line to mission accomplished. So even if you've got personal development or spirituality, you want to make it crystal, crystal clear because people don't continue to play a game if they don't know what it looks like to win. Makes sense, right? Right. right. So if you don't know what the win state looks like, how can you even really get super excited or know whether you're on track, know whether you're making progress? But the opposite state is what I call serving too many masters, where a program is trying to do everything for people. And because of that, there is no real clear win. There's not no clarity on whether they've achieved the goal or not. And people get demotivated because you can't really tell if you're on track or if you're off track or you're trying to do this and this and this and this. And the program lacks focus. And I think so many programs in the past were what I call multi-point programs. They basically try to cover everything. Like here's your online business building program in a box. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that just doesn't work as well anymore. It's too overwhelming. Okay. I'm going to learn everything there is to about building an online mark, you know, business in like three months. Probably not. (laughs) Well, I think that probably what, I mean, just, just thinking about this, like if you can't create this kind of mission statement, that's in my mind, it's like, oh yeah, these are just like when you set KPIs in your business, like you either, you either hit it or you didn't, there's no in between. And I think that maybe as maybe as course creators were afraid to say what they should hit or not um, as their missioned end goal. I don't know. What well, do you, you think can, about that? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's, you can have fear around it because not everyone is going to hit it. Yeah. But the thing is, is you can be responsible to people without taking responsibility for them. I, I will say though, that when they know what they're going to hit, you're going to have way more people hit it because they're going to be motivated to hit it. Now, some people won't. So you do have to, which is another um, you know, principle of experienced products, you have to normalize challenges. So that's core principle number five, core experience number five, normalizing challenges. Because so often when you go out to market a product, it's this whole everything is awesome mentality where it's like it's push button easy and simple and your grandma could do it blindfolded, you know, without even access to a computer or whatever it happens to be. And so people make these giant claims and then someone gets into a program and it's so much trickier and more challenging than they ever expected it to be. And then when it's hard, they think something's wrong with them. Yeah. So when it comes to stating a very clear mission, you do have to normalize that not everybody will make it in the time frame of the program and say that you're already winning. Just simply taking action is winning. And I let people know, you know, while we highly recommend you try to hit mission accomplished in the program, and a lot of people do, Now, for some people, it may happen later. You may decide you want to take more time and launch the program, your program after the program. That's that's completely up to you. Um, You know, the container is very powerful if you try to do it during the program, but it doesn't mean that you failed. It just means that you want to take more time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The one thing I was going to say is I just recently listened to this podcast, um, Claire Pelletro, and she was just talking about this one lesson she learned, which was you can't babysit someone else's investment, meaning like you can't take responsibility for every single, you know, like when people don't reach that end goal. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's always, that's what I always uh, try to remember because for many years I did take that risk, like somehow that's my responsibility. What more can I make sure that, but sometimes they're going to need just something different. They're going to need to work longer. They're going to, they're going to actually need to do the actual work towards that goal of theirs. I can't do it for totally. But the one interesting thing is that when you create a really powerful mission statement like we do in EPM, you can wrap a guarantee around it. So I put my money where my mouth is. So 
we've got a two, you know, a make $2,000 guarantee. So basically if you do the work and you can demonstrate that you've done the work, they have to be able to demonstrate it. Uh, and you don't make $2,000, we'll pay you the difference. So That's for example, amazing. if someone makes a grand and they've done the work, we'll give them a thousand dollars back. Now I will say the vast majority of people who do the work will hit the mission and the people who don't do the work may not hit the mission. Right. So yeah. it becomes very clear, um, in that way. And we have less than 3% of people claiming that guarantee. That is amazing. We, That's amazing. Yeah. And I we really, give it back. Yeah. We do. Yeah. I mean, I love that. I think that, and that makes it just, it keeps it clear. I totally agree with the, the idea of just, you know, if people have a goal and they actually set a target, they often will get closer than that target than they could imagine. And that they would have without it. Um, and some people will reach it, like you said. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, and I just love that. Yeah. Fuzzy targets don't get hit, you know, <laughs> and what gets measured gets managed. Some of the famous like, you know, quotes by Peter Drucker, management thinker, right? What gets measured gets managed and simply being able to measure it allows people to manage it and move towards it versus a fuzzy target that they never know whether they're on track or they're off track. And that's demotivating, right? If you don't really have a clear goal, it's very demotivating. Or if you allow yourself to kind of be fuzzy with your goals. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really, that's really interesting. I mean, of course I'm thinking of, um, programs I've taken or been a part of their launches in the past and thinking, well, I don't know if there really was a clear target there or the clear mission, even though there was a mission, but it wasn't like by the end of this period of time, you're going to do this, <laughs> you know, you're going to reach this yeah. point. So that's really powerful. Yeah. And it really changes the whole dynamic because the thing about human nature and human psychology is that if you can visualize yourself doing something, it creates an extraordinary amount of self-belief and also a greater likelihood that you'll actually follow through and, and do it. So if you can't visualize the outcome, it's harder to take action towards. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Oh, my God. I'm taking notes, by the way, Marisa. So just FYI. So can you can you share another one? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> another one kind of relates to... Um, to the mission. And it's actually the principle of unstoppable momentum. And that's experience number nine. And unstoppable momentum is both an emergent experience that happens when you stack all the other ones together, but it also relates to the way that you structure your program. Now, this um, is actually pretty simple. So a lot of times when you start a program, people have an entire module, which is just like on and on about, you just made the best decision of your life and congratulations, and here's what you're gonna learn. And then all of a sudden, the whole module goes by and you haven't done anything. Right? <laughs> and you're basically teaching people that when they engage with you, they're not going to do anything. They're listening to you talk. It's a one way stream. So instead, I like to get people into action right away from what I call moment one of day one. Most people believe that the most important moment in your relationship with your client is the moment that they buy. And I would argue that it's the moment immediately after they buy when you help them start to move towards everything that you promised. And the faster you can do that, the more trust you'll create and the more momentum with them. Now, the trick of this is that you want to start them with simple trainings that involve simple actions where they're taking action every time they engage with you that leads to simple results and then gradually escalate them to more challenging actions and bigger wins, right? Yeah. So it's well known. There's something called the, the skill challenge ratio that humans are most um, engaged and motivated when they're at about 4% greater challenge level than their current skill and ability. 
So if you're challenged just enough, it helps you get into a flow state and keep moving forward. But if you're challenged too much, it causes people to give up. So what most people do is they either start with the most boring stuff in the program or they start with some challenging stuff because they've got this like linear perspective to product creation where let me just give you the steps in the order that they need to be taken. First, let me get you some momentum and have you moving <laughs> forward right away, right? And then we'll get to the more challenging stuff once you've got a little bit of momentum. So for example, when people sign up for our Experience Product Masterclass, the very first training they get on the confirmation page, I don't send them into email. I don't have them log on to a membership site to get this. They get this right in the confirmation page on their web browser. Reason being, as soon as I send them to email to get it, all of a sudden they're off to the races down a rabbit hole with every other email in their inbox, right? <laughs> right. And then even if I have to try to send them to log on to a membership site, there's like the you know 20% of the population that's really not very good with technology and it feels <laughs> overwhelming just to log on to a website, right? right? Or then they get onto the website and they have to figure out, well, where do I go first and what do I do? So right there in the confirmation page, instead of sending them off into all those rabbit holes, I give them the first training. And I call this training the show me the money training. And what my students do is they set their minimum target and stretch goals for the program in that very first training. And I tell them exactly how to set the minimum target and stretch goals. Everyone, whether they've never created a program before, whether they've got a program that not enough people are buying or completing, or whether they have several successful product lines that they know could be performing better, starts with the minimum goal of 2000 because that's the promise of the program. And then the target and stretch goal is variable based on, you know, what, you know, what their current level of experience and success are. But I give templates for each of these things. So you cannot get this wrong. You just kind of follow the examples. So it's a fail-proof, you know, pro. it's a fail-proof training, but it also creates a clear picture in their mind of, oh, okay, at the end of the program, this is how much money I'm putting back in my pocket. And then when they continue on with that first module and they create their idea to market blueprint, they're choosing when they're going to deliver their program, then they're reverse engineering their launch dates aligned with the program. And from there, they can kind of, plan everything they need to do ahead of time. So they're really kind of starting by creating a picture of what the end looks like. And this is way more interested in engaging and building momentum than what most people do. To give you an yeah. example, one of my students was creating a product for musicians to get their music published on television shows. And the very first training and the very first module was about doing all of the, the paperwork and the legal documentation to get listed with these studios. And I'm, I'm kind of like, well, shoot me now because these are creative <laughs> people and you send them into like paperwork. I mean, what a way to create not unstoppable momentum, but the the other, the opposite, like yeah. the downward death spiral. So my recommendation to the student was, well, instead of doing that, why don't you do something similar to my show me the money video where you create, say, a dream 20 list where you have everyone create their dream 20 of 20 television shows that if their music was on even one of them, the you know, program would be a huge success for them. And you go one step further, you could then create, okay, here's a list of a thousand shows and organized by genre. So if you're into death metal, you have death metal music, these are the shows you want to get your, you know, <laughs> you're music right. on to. And if you're into like, you know, country music, here are the shows you can get your music on to or whatever it happens to be. So it's fail proof. No one can fail this. But what they're doing is by the end of the training, they have a vision of what I call a future self vision, which is core experience number two of what the end can look like and what success looks like from the very first training.
Does that make him sense? Yes. I mean, seriously, like, I'm like, well, I kind of went partway with that thing that's on the thank you page with my, um, it's really, it's kind of just a survey, but it's a form so that they can kind of set, it goes back to them. The information goes back to them as well, but it lets them set, you know, like where they are and what, what they've been doing up to that point. But I'm like, but that's really not that compelling. I mean, like, I'm already like thinking, what am I going to put on that page? Um, because totally. because it is really powerful too, especially when people are, you know, a lot of people are creatives, artists, and they have tons of ideas. And like you, you kind of have them hone in and fo- and focused on what is that thing that they're going to work through during this program. You know, what are they going to, what is their goal? And that really just, I feel like that just sets a vision and sets a focus and really does set them up for that momentum that you're talking about. Yeah. And and it starts with the first training, but it progresses with every single training. So unstoppable momentum is when you understand where are the stuck points? How do you eliminate them? How can you sequence all the trainings? Not so it's necessarily linear. Instead of doing a linear structure for my program, I base my program structure on a motivational structure. How can I keep people motivated? They're going to have to hit the hard stuff because, say, designing and launching a program, you get to some hard stuff. For but sure. But how can I kind of cushion that and ramp them up to it so they build so much more momentum by the time they get there that they're much more likely to follow through than if I hadn't kind of built this runway for them. Yeah, and and to the point of like your show me the money training that's on that that page, there is no wrong answer. <laughs> and so it's a great way to just build that confidence out of the gate so that they're like, okay, let's go. Totally. And then it continues with every training. Yeah. And you I, want to kind of be aware of the rhythm. So if you give them something really hard, Try to back off if possible a little bit in the next one, you know? Yeah, for sure. So is there, what is the, I mean, maybe you just shared it, but like, is there like an opposite kind of, what what did you say? 10 things to avoid, like the downward dust spiral? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So the opposite, the opposite of unstoppable momentum is usually the start and stop. Mm-hmm. which is the rhythm that a lot of programs get people in. You, you take a bunch of action, you stop. You take a bunch of action, you stop. You take a bunch of action, you stop, right? Yeah. And so that tends to be the opposite of it. And you want to avoid, you know, that that start and stop um, pattern that a lot of people get into, you yeah. know? So where you're, maybe you're starting because you're, you're going from learning to action to learning to action versus, uh, you know, the, the other principle, constant wins, which is, you know, core experience number four, is about, you know, making it possible that people always feel like they're winning when they're engaging with you. I don't do any trainings that don't have any actions or wins associated with them, right? Even when it comes to, say, a mindset, you know, training, which I do on occasion, uh, I will do a mindset training and then I'll have them to say something to themselves. All right, you know, tell yourself, I got this, right? And click off the action because in our membership site, we've gamified it all. So people get what I call experience points And they get one experience points for watching a training and two for taking the action. So even that signals to them it's twice as important to take an action as it is to watch something. So, you know, start and stop might be you watch a bunch of stuff and then you take an action. No, I have people watch something and take an action right there. So they're always moving forward versus starting and stopping and, and all of that. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I wanted to ask you about the start and stop because... Something that I feel feel like is really common and prevalent in most most online courses I've taken is video and then a worksheet, video and worksheet. And for me, that actually doesn't feel great. It feels like there's then another step of taking action, whereas people actually stop taking action because 
they almost think doing the worksheet is the action. So I, I'm trying to like, like what I'm trying to kind of put into thing my programs now is a way so that whatever action they're taking is actually the action. Not like yeah. you have to like do a fun little worksheet and then like that's it. I think that's where the mission state comes into. Yeah. Is that if every action, the other thing about the mission is it creates a powerful container for your program. And it's a container that you as a product creator or program facilitator needs to reinforce. So for example, in our program, we do have these coaching calls and things like that. And people get sucked down a million rabbit holes of, okay, but wh- how do I name my business? And do I need to incorporate or whatever? And they're asking me these questions. And like, can say that's beyond the scope of what we're doing together. It's beyond the scope of our mission here together, which is to design market and make $2,000 or a whole lot more in 10 weeks or less. And so people really accept that. But as soon as I answer that question, it sends everybody else down a rabbit hole as well. So the other thing about the mission state is that you can remove any actions or any trainings that are a detour and route from mission to mission accomplished. So it allows you to simplify product creation because what are the minimum number of steps that's going to get someone from mission to mission accomplished? And then they know that every single step and every single action that they're taking, it's not just completing a workshop, it worksheet, it's one step forward towards the mission accomplished goal or outcome. So then the worksheets take on greater meaning because they Mm -hmm. know it's a step towards the end goal. And I think that makes a really big difference. And one thing that I've done in my programs that helps with the unstoppable momentum is, you know, I create two tracks in the program, what I call the core track and the overachiever track. So based on that idea of the minimum number of steps to get people to the goal, to make it as simple as possible, no matter what background or experience someone has for them to win, anything that's not 100% necessary to get them to the win state of making $2,000 in 10 weeks or less from their experience product, I put into the overachiever track. I love and that. it's kind of fun because the overachiever track, they get triple XPs. I call it porn for overachievers. And when they check it <laughs> off on the membership site, it goes, bump, chicka, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's different because in the core track, it just goes, ka-ching, ka-ching, you know, for the regular old XPs. Yeah. But that helps. And then I say I have to pre-frame because everyone has a tendency to want to make you know, the process bigger and more challenging than it actually needs to be. So, you know, because we serve people from different starting points and different levels of experience, I say, you know, if you want to do this program in seven to 10 hours a week, which is our minimum time commitment, then only stick to the core track and think about doing a minimum viable product, you know, a beta product. Don't try to create the experience product masterclass in 10 weeks if you, unless you want to work full time plus because sometimes people would make this a bigger program and then say, well, it took longer than you said it would take. And it's like, well, you have to ex- exercise some discretion in the program you're choosing to create because you can't create a really complex program in seven to 10 hours a week and 10 weeks, you know? Right. So this helps them to frame the experience based on the amount of, um, you know, time they have available and their level of, um, you know, sophistication or experience. So they do something that's manageable for them versus everyone trying to kind of model me or something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Um, now, I, of course, I'm curious, are you using like a custom built thing or are you using some sort of platform that exists yeah. already? We are using, yeah, we are using a custom built thing, but I teach people how to do this even with no technology. So, for example, some of my students run their courses off of a Facebook group, you know, or 
you know, using Google Docs. There's so many ways you can do this that mm -hmm. don't require you to have a $100,000 membership site, like a custom thing. Right. So it's less about like the, I don't like to um, be platform dependent or technology dependent. It's like, when you look at the principles, you can do this in a lot of different ways. Yeah. You know, obviously having this super fancy membership site is great, but I don't recommend investing in that level of tech until you've proven your model and your concept and, you know, are bringing in significant revenue from a product line. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, most people really do. Like, I'm still kind of a little bit shocked, at, not shocked, but I'm always like sad when I hear people still getting hung up on having the exact right tools tech when really they it's often not needed. And I agree with you on like the Facebook group. That's how I ran. That's how I've run several beta um, programs. It's just in the group. That was it. So yeah, and I think the challenge is that it's easy to sort of want to model the most established people in your industry and space. And but their their starting point was different than their ending point. That's <laughs> right. You gotta say where do they start, not where are they currently. And if you you know are or newer or you don't have a, a six or seven or mid seven or eight figure business, then maybe you can't model someone who's got an eight figure business, but they can show you, well, this is how you start. And this is yeah. how I started. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, so you, you should see, I'm going to actually send you a screenshot of this thing that I read, made my notes all over because it's kind of ridiculous here. Um, I'm very excited about what you're doing. Are you, do you have like, um, like a workshop or something else that I can like, that we can even share with the listeners? Um, yeah, well, I did create a checklist, my viral product checklist that has all 10 of the core experiences to create experience escalation, as well as all 10 of the, you know, negative experiences that you want to avoid if you don't want to create the downward death spiral. So if you want to <laughs> get that whole checklist of how do you get more people to buy, more people to engage, more people to complete, and more people to want to buy from you over and over again, you can go to liveyourmessage.com forward slash fearless. That's liveyourmessage.com forward slash fearless and grab a copy. That is amazing. And I will be going there too. So what is, I'm going to just ask you some random questions though that don't have anything to do with course creation or launching. Okay. Because um, I'm just curious about you. Um, where do you, where do you spend most of your time in the world? Like where, where yeah, in the so world generally? <laughs> we live in Topanga Canyon, California, which is outside of Los Angeles. Hi neighbor. We're over in the Valley. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yes. We're close to each other. We're very close. We're very close. Um, and what is, what's some sort of guilty pleasure pastimes that people that you, that you like to do? What are some things you like to um, guilty pleasure. Well, one of my favorite things, it's not very guilty, um, is <laughs> I, I like to hike every single day. So we do about a 40 minute hike every morning up in the canyons and nice. sometimes at sunset as well. The guilty part's probably watching some stupid TV show before bed. You know? Oh gosh. You know what I, I have to tell you that like several people, I asked that question and you would be surprised how many people say one of the bachelor or bachelorette shows. And I'm like, me too. I'm so ashamed. <laughs> I am so ashamed. Um, what's your favorite food? <laughs> oh, man, I am a perceiver. So favorite anything is hard for me. But I love just really healthy, really fresh kind of farm to table restaurant, uh, beautiful ingredients simply prepared with a lot of flavor where the food itself has the flavor. You don't have to mask bad ingredients with a lot of spice or anything. But I'm also a half Asian. I'm half Thai. So give me a good Thai food or Indian food. You or like some spicy kind of 
situation. I do. <laughs> so I love that as well as the more simpler farm to table. So as long as it's good food, well prepared, I'm happy. Nice, nice. And what is something really exciting that you're working on that's non-business related? Like it's a, something that you that you want to do or you are doing right now? Yeah, well, we just bought our dream home in Topanga Canyon. And it's really decorating and making it just such an incredible sanctuary and place for me to nurture myself and self-care. I mean, I've been growing the business empire for so many years and growing it from zero to mid seven figures. And it's so easy to get caught up in like CEO mode that I forget Mm -hmm. that life exists around me and there's so many other simple pleasures in life. And so that's a place where I'm just getting back to the pleasure of, of building a home. I love it. Oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah, I'm in, I'm not in nesting mode, but we recently moved as well. And I'm just like, ooh, I need this space to have totally new energy. I need to get, you know, just just that feeling of kind of making that peaceful, tranquil space. I, I definitely get that. Mm, yes, I definitely get that. Well, that's cool to know that you're local. So we'll we'll definitely have to figure something out where we can meet face to face. Definitely. Well, I, I want to, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience? Is there, I mean, if they go to the, the viral product, the checklist, that sounds like a great place to start. Is there anything else that I can point them in the direction of? I would say just start there. You'll get into our world. And once you're in our world, we send over lots of amazing stuff. I'm an avid blogger, both written blogs and video blogs and love sending value and love doing webinars and master classes. And we'll be, yeah, doing our annual experience product masterclass launch soon after this airs, if you're listening to it in the first couple of weeks after it airs. So you'll be able to check that out as well, because I've got a whole free training series that's pretty Ah, different. I, I apply the principles of experience it. escalation to marketing campaigns and launches too. So they're definitely very different from the standard talking head stuff that most people do. And I think you'll find yourself kind of mesmerized. I'm I'm already mesmerized, Marisa. So I can't wait um, to see that and to witness that myself. Um, and I just want to thank you for joining me today. I mean, I could probably ask you more questions, but I feel like I have literally run out of space on this square giant post-it note that I have here. It's actually a giant one. So it's not like, <laughs> you're like, wow, that's a lot of writing on one little post-it note. But I was um, like, great, you found one post-it note. That's so good, and Good <laughs> job. You got a square done. No, it's actually one of those big ones. That's like, um, it's basically a page like a giant page but anyways enough said but thank you so much for joining me today and um for anyone who is listening make sure to check the show notes um we'll have that that linked up in the app as well as over on ansomolife.com um again marisa this was really amazing i can't wait to dig into more of what you're doing and uh, you've just given me so much food for thought for my own work that i'm doing so thank you Fantastic. Great to meet you all. And I always like to say, go out there and live your message. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Fearless Launching Show. Make sure to read those show notes and click over to the resources that we mentioned in this episode and during our conversation. And you can always find all those, the complete show notes over at ansomorelove.com. I want to thank you again for listening to this episode. And I want you to let me know what your biggest takeaways were because I was taking notes the entire time, my friends. So I hope you were too. 
And I am so excited because I'm already going to invite Marisa back because we just had so much more to talk about. All right. Have a great rest of your day and I will see you next week. We've got another amazing interview. I can't wait to share that one with you too. Um, And that's it. Have a great one. Take care. Bye-bye.